Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Ah, uh, to a 469, six touchdowns. Don't almost, forget the two interceptions. Almost like, oh, two picks too. Yeah, two almost picks. like backyard football. If, you know, Jalen Waddle was getting covered by your aunt. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus, or your uncle for that matter, because they would be as effective as the Ravens secondary was yesterday. For some reason, they let them run free up by three touchdowns. We'll get to that in just a minute. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, and we do need to show some love to Kevin in Kentucky, who has been very patient, and I didn't realize quite how long, Kevin, you have been on hold, but you were up next on ESPN Radio. What's up, Kev? Well, thank you. It's no problem. I enjoyed listening to the show. I want to talk about the Bengals and um, the problem I see with them. And this has been going on since last year. The Jets game is supposed to start at 1 this week, but the Bengals will not show up till about 2.30, 2.45. They do <laughs> not play the first half. And if you look at them, how they did against Kansas City last year, they were behind. When they played San Diego last year, they were way behind. San Francisco, they were way behind. And it all was from the first half. I don't think the sacks are the problem because they overcame that last year. But it's, it's they're lousy the first half more often than not. Yeah, but the sacks are a part of why they're bad in the first half, though. I mean, they, they certainly start off slow with the energy. Yeah. But when you have second and 15 or, you know, third and 20, that's a problem. And that's often where they find themselves. And they're asking too much from Joe Burrow in the passing game in order to climb out of those holes. And when you have those type of self-inflicted wounds, it's hard to have sustained drives. It's hard to have any consistency in terms of what you're doing on your offensive output. So that's the part that's concerning to me. The other thing is, I feel like Joe Burrow has taken a heck of a lot of hits, man. Like, he took a lot of hits too last many. year. Too many. But you're talking about 13 sacks through two games. Carlin, he's on pace to be sacked 110 times. Now, how much of it is bad offensive line play? How much of it is not enough quick throws getting the ball out of his hands? I think it's a combination of all of the above. I think it's more so bad offensive line play than anything yeah. else. But if your offensive line is playing bad, then your head coach can help them by running the football. Yeah. Zach Taylor, stop being cute. You, got Joe, you got Joe Mixon in the backfield. Yeah. Turn around and give the ball to him. You have to. I mean, listen, he, he had 19 carries yesterday, but at the same time, you have to find ways to stop your quarterback from getting bludgeoned. Yeah. And that's what's going on right now with the Cincinnati Bengals. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, on ESPN Plus, and of course on Sirius XM Channel 80 as well. Don't forget about the ESPN app. And Canty, listen, I I understand that Dolphin fans today want their apologies. They want their roses. They won't get it from me. And they won't get it from me. We'll give you a nice little golf clap. Yeah, I'll give you a pat on the back. Hey, good job. We did it. That away, buddy. You... You had a good day. We, yes, we can. 
Yes, it's a can. political campaign. <laughs> I mean, at, at times it has felt that way. Yes. Hence the nickname Tuanon that I did not make up. It was made up. I think, by but I love the fact that we're running with it, though, Absolutely. because he is one of the most polarizing players in the NFL. And yesterday was probably, like Dan Olavsky said this morning, going to get up the most important day of Tua's career in the NFL. Sure, yeah. sure. It it does not, however, by any stretch of the imagination, now mean that he's going to take off and be an amazing quarterback and definitively is the franchise quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. In no way does it mean that because if you want, we could go chapter and verse down the amount of guys who have turned out to be average at best who have thrown for 469 yards in a game. And I didn't realize that there were that many guys that threw six touchdown passes in a game either. Well, yeah, listen. There are 50 quarterbacks, 5-0, who have thrown for 469 in a game or more. Yeah. 50. And so it's not, it, it's rare, it's a great achievement, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you that all of a sudden now, all of the criticism of Tua before now disappears and the concerns disappear because they don't. What we did have yesterday, if we're being real about it, was a team that was up by three touchdowns and somehow let receivers get behind them consistently after a 35-14 lead. Mm -hmm. With the last play of the third quarter and the entire fourth quarter, the Miami Dolphins had five plays of 20 yards or more and three plays of 40 yards or more. How does that happen? It happens because the defense of the Baltimore Ravens just basically... I don't know if they weren't on the same page as their coordinator, Mike McDonald, but somehow they're not staying deep and they're allowing guys to get behind you. And Chris, I never played the game professionally. I do know that when you have a three-touchdown lead, the one thing that you cannot do defensively is let guys get behind you. And that's the thing I didn't understand. Like you were up by three touchdowns and you let Tua throw for four touchdowns in the fourth quarter. How is that possible? I'll tell you how. Because Marcus Peters has got his eyes in the backfield rather than keeping his eyes on his luggage, did, which is man coverage on Tyreek Hill. How does that happen with Marcus Peters? This guy's a veteran. This guy's a really good you, corner. You, you want me to tell you how it happens? At one point, Carlin, yes. Carlin, we're up by three touchdowns. I'm hunting interceptions. I'm trying to read the quarterback's eyes. I'm trying to get a pick. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. It's time to get mine. I, I, I'm checking gangster. It's about me. Yeah. Marcus Williams, I don't know what the hell you were looking at, but you're supposed to be over the top. You're a safety. By definition, Carlin, that means there's nobody that's going to be behind you. So why wouldn't you, in that situation, stay as deep as the deepest? Those are my problems with the Ravens secondary. Now, here's the thing. We can come up with a lot of excuses for them because they had three guys that were legitimate game-time decisions due to injury going into yesterday. Mm -hmm. They all played. They didn't play well. My point is this. All you have to do is keep everything in front of you and tackle it. If you do that, you win the game. The only way you can lose is by allowing Tua to throw the football over your head, which is, it seems it seems like that's one of those oxymorons because that's not yeah. what Tua does. But that's, that's essentially what happened. Carlin, Tua had more 40-yard completions in the fourth quarter of yesterday's game than he has in his first two years in the National Football League. That's unbelievable. Think about that. The guy doesn't throw deep, but you let him throw deep. I don't understand what Baltimore was doing. Now, credit where credit is due. 
Tua made those throws. He found those open guys, even though they were running butt naked in the secondary of the Ravens. My issue, Carlin, is this. When folks look at yesterday's game as evidence that Tua is a franchise quarterback, I'll point to a couple of things that I saw in that game that would make me question whether or not he's capable of being the long-term solution. The interceptions that he threw to Marcus Williams, Mm -hmm. those plays can't happen, Carlin. I mean, sitting there predetermining where you're going with the football, eyeballing Tyreek Hill in the middle of three Ravens defenders, that shouldn't happen. And then looking to the other side of the field and then flipping your hips and throwing it up and seeing who's over there where Jalen Waddell is. Oh, yeah, there's two Baltimore Ravens defenders back there, too. Marcus Williams comes up with the pick again. Those things can't happen. One of those plays led to points for the Baltimore Ravens, led to a touchdown. That's what created the deficit that they had to climb out of in the fourth quarter. Tua's got to be better in terms of protecting the football. He's got players that can make it happen, but let those guys do the heavy lifting. He's got to understand who he is, and he has to understand his limitations. I think the players around him do. I think his head coach does. I think the last one to realize all of those things is Tua. Now, just for entertainment's sake, Let's hear from Tyreek Hill in his interview postgame with Kimberly Martin on ESPN and his reaction to the news about Tua and what he had done from a number standpoint in the game. When we spoke this week, you said everybody would see the type of quarterback Tua is. Six touchdowns today. What is it? Yes, he had six. Oh, my God. That's lit, bro. Hey, for all you ain't got to ask me no question on that. For all the haters out there, man. Who said Tua can't do this, can't be that? You know, I really hope you soon jump on j- jump on his bandwagon, man. Because not only is Coach McDaniel's gonna need a wheelbarrow, he also gonna need a Tua gonna need a wheelbarrow after the season. The to his money, his boatload of money, and also his Coca Hornets. <laughs> Love it, <laughs> love it. Tyreek Hill is a walking sound bite. Shout out to him for that. And listen, as far as jumping on the bandwagon. I'll pass. Next. Yeah, no, nah, we ain't doing that. Nope. Here's, the, here's the thing, Carlin. You talked about the 469-yard passing days that we've seen from other quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Carlin, there have been 47 games in which a quarterback has thrown for six or more touchdowns. Can I rattle off some of the names of quarterbacks that have thrown Please. for six or more touchdowns? Yes. Nick Foles threw for seven touchdowns once upon a time. Wow. Yeah. Is he a franchise quarterback? Oh, not anymore. Ryan, I mean, there's a statue of him. Right, still. There's a statue of him. That is pretty cool. <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick threw for six touchdowns once upon a time. I love his choice in haberdashery, but no, not a Hall of Famer. M- Matt Flynn, franchise quarterback. Wow. I forgot he existed. Yeah, he, do, he did that once upon a time when he was with the Green Bay Packers mm. over the Detroit Lions. That that actually happened. Yeah. Tommy Tommy Kramer. Tommy Kramer Tommy did Kramer. Oh, Tommy Good K. old Tommy. Uh, I'm just saying, Carlin, there, there are names out there, and it's just like, okay, just because you throw for six touchdowns and 470 yards doesn't mean you're a franchise quarterback. Nope. And that And that is what the takeaway from yesterday's game is. Is he on the right track? Is he doing the things that we thought he would be capable of with the supporting cast that they put around him this offseason? Yes. But, Carlin, we're talking about a two-game sample size. We got 15 more of these to go. Let's see where we're at at the end of the season before we crown this guy. Bill Parcells used to always say, let's not put him in Canton just yet. That's where I'm at with Tuanon. Well, after an absolute disaster last Monday night, one NFL head coach still at it. Plus, Chris, 
an unfortunate tweet from a friend of the show may may land her in a little bit of trouble shortly. <laughs> we'll explain. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply this podcast is proud to be supported by jets pizza the number one pick in detroit style pizza why it's simple jets is better with the thickest crispiest cheesiest detroit style pizza in the country there's no competition Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? This tweet was at 4.49 p.m. So that is, is that 30 minutes ago now? That's 30 minutes, yes. Yeah, 30 minutes ago. 4.49 p.m. Eastern Time. Somebody tweeted at Mina Kimes on Twitter, when, because the Countdown crew and also the NFL Live crew is in Buffalo. Orchard Park. Right. Yeah. Or maybe the countdown crew's, the, i got to remember who's where. But the, the, the NFL Live crew is in Orchard Park. Yes. Mina Kimes. When is at Mina Kimes going through a table? Now, you got to give a little context for this. Yes, of course, Bills Mafia. Yes. Is the fan base for the Bills, and it's referencing, you've probably seen many times, that the tailgaters uh, often jump through tables off of a car or off of something high just to celebrate and and when they have a night game that place is absolutely rocking because they've gotten an early start oh my gosh yes they're 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 oiled up now did you ever play a night game in orchard park Uh, i played several night games in orchard park and that's how i know from experience that crowd (laughs) that crowd is ruckus i mean even going into the stadium they're not above rocking the bus of the opposing team as you're driving oh. through the parking lot. Uh, I, yeah. I'm just saying. It's that kind of place. It's almost like a college atmosphere. <laughs> it's awesome, though. Don't get me wrong. It is an awesome environment for a primetime game. So here's what Mina did. Uh, the question was asked directly, when is at Mina Kimes going through a table? And she wrote back with a quote tweet, 5,000 retweets, 5K retweets, but I'm leaving in an hour or so. Okay. We are now at 3,140 Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. I, I honestly, I worry for Mina 
she might not break the table. <laughs> no, she'll break the table. Uh, but, no, and not through no fault of her own. She's she's know, not she's stick. not she's not big. No, no, we get it. No, but listen, those tables, some of those tables, you know, well, I'll tell you, pretty I'll tell you what, get my former teammate, Marky Spears, to lay on the table before she jumps on it. Loosen it up. Loosen it up a oh, little okay. bit. He can be the table fluffer. I'll tell you, buff, listen, buff, well put. Buffalo, <laughs> uh, I've been there as a fan of the opposing team, and what you said about them rocking, rocking the bus, they will also rock the cars of opposing fans who happen to have a bumper sticker on their really? car. Really? Yeah. I was leaving there. After a four o'clock game, this is back in the nineties. Okay, and driving out, and I had this. Where you were watching your guys? Yes, was it the Steelers, the Steelers okay. were in Buffalo. Okay, they lost the game, and they. Uh, I had a a bumper sticker on my little Honda Civic wagon, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm trying to get out, and you're parked on grass all around Orchard Park. All the places to park are on grass. Yeah, and so it's December. The weather had been crummy at some point. It's all mud. Yeah. And my Honda Civic wagon does not have the traction of an F-150. Big fella, I'm sitting here trying to picture you in a Honda Civic yeah. and wondering how that works. Uh, well, believe it seem, or not, it worked pretty well. doesn't seem like it's going to be a fit. And then secondly, they could probably tip over a Honda Civic if they wanted to. They were to. close. They were close. <laughs> they were close. It was just begging and trying to get out of that parking lot. I'll never forget it. This little kid, I was sitting in the end zone about three rows back in the end zone. And this little kid comes running down the stairs. He sees me in my Steelers jersey. And he points at me. And this kid couldn't have been more than four. And he yells at me, you, you suck. You suck. <laughs> and then he turns around and runs back. And his mom's like five rows back. And she goes, good job, good job, good job. <laughs> She's raising a right, isn't she? Raising a right. So prayers up for Mina. Hopefully all goes well in Orchard Park tonight. She'll make it through. Yeah. And hopefully through the table. Yeah, she will be She will be just fine. That's going to happen, though. Those 2,000 retweets that we're waiting on, that's going to come uh, that's through. That's absolutely 2,000 retweets happen. in the next 30 minutes, that's going to happen. Oh, my God. Canty yeah. and Carlin, ESPN Radio. And ESPN Plus, Christopher, in just moments, a little segment we call, mm, I don't know about that. Remember? Remember our friend Brock Heward, who said it just a, a couple of weeks ago in reference to Scott Frost and a coaching decision? Yeah, that was didn't go so well. So we have some decisions that were made yesterday that were... Unfortunate, And we have a repeat offender from week one to week two. Yes, we do. A repeat offender. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. 
That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Look, there are always decisions that are made on a football field, on a basketball court, whatever, that can be questionable. But only a few are really deserving of true questioning in a segment here on Canty and Carlin that we call... I don't know about that. Yeah. (laughs) So let's get to Canty and Carlin. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. And that is from our friend Brock Hewitt over on Fox Sports a couple of weeks ago. But That's fantastic, by the way. I, I think it is. I think it is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Number one, Chris, the decision by Nick Chubb with a minute and 55 seconds left in Cleveland to score a touchdown as opposed to going down inside the five-yard line, trying to get a first down and end the game. Instead, Chubb scores the touchdown. They miss the extra point, makes it 30-17. to 17. And so, the Jets get an opportunity down two scores. Now, it should be pointed out at this point that there was a 99% chance after that touchdown mm. that the Browns were going to win the game. However, last season, Nick Chubb in a similar situation on a breakout run down the sideline late in the game... Instead of scoring a touchdown, ran out of bounds, and his team then had the chance to run the clock out the rest of the way. So he had made the right call before, and yesterday he did not, and the Jets came back and won. So let me ask you a question real quick. Do you put more of it on Nick Chubb or Cade York for not mix, making the extra point? Even if he makes the extra point, I put it on Nick Chubb because the Jets could still tie it at that point. Sure, but and Or, you know, maybe they pull a table and go for it. Okay. But either way, Nick Chubb, I think, has to go down in that spot. Do you not? No, I think he has to go down. But in that circumstance, I put it more on the coaching staff than on the player. You have to make sure that everybody's aware in that situation. And clearly that wasn't communicated by Kevin Stefanski. But one of the things that's being reported that was communicated on the Jets' sideline, my former teammate Miles Austin telling the wide receivers, that guy just gave us a chance to win the game. Even with 90 seconds left, because they got the ball back rather than the Browns being able to sit on it and run the clock out. Now, if that happened, Carlin, that is hell of a foreshadowing by Miles Austin. But Mm. the reality is you got to shut it down. You got to take a knee. You got to slide whatever it is in that situation and run the clock out. You don't need style points. You just need to stack up wins. And the more games that the Cleveland Browns can win before Deshaun Watson gets back, the better off that franchise is going to be in terms of being able to make the playoffs this season i don't know about that yeah and it's not about the browns there but it's it's about nick chubb that was a bad decision chris you know what else is a bad decision what's that fourth and goal from the one and you're gonna run a quarterback draw out of a shotgun straight up the gut down two touchdowns midway through the fourth quarter that 
is a bad decision. Uh, I don't know about that. And that is what Matt Eberflus and the Bears did yesterday. Last night in Green Bay, they're down 24-10. Yep. They drive down to the one, fourth and goal, and they put Justin Fields in the shotgun. On, the ball was basically almost inside the one. Yeah. And we're running the shotgun draw. I mean, that's just an atrocious Big play fella, ball. but let's also talk about how they drove the ball down the field. By it running the it football. It wasn't with Justin Fields throwing the ball. It was with David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert. Running the ball until, I, I, I'm sorry, they basically ran the ball at will on that drive. They literally got into the dot formation, which means quarterback under center, not in the shotgun, under center, and the running back directly behind him. And he said, you know what? We're going to run the ball, Here's and we're going to see if the front seven of the Packers can stop it. And you know what the answer was? No, we can't stop it. Carlin, in the fourth quarter, the Chicago Bears, 11 rushes for 104 yards. Oh. For those of you not good at math, that's 9.5 yards a carry. Why are you getting in shotgun on the half-yard line and having your quarterback be five yards from the end line to score a touchdown to bring you within one score. It made no sense to me in real time. Luke Getze, Matt Eberflus, you were probably going to lose the game anyway, but you could have made it more competitive than it was, and that sucks. I don't know about that. And finally, now becoming a regular in this segment, Nathaniel Hackett. Ah! Repeat offender. Repeat offender. Chris. I mean, we can talk about all the all the delay of game penalties. Well, that's the one we have to talk about, yeah. though, right? The delay of game penalty at the end of the third quarter? Yep. You're down by three points, Carlin. It's a 9-6 to six game. First of all, being down to the Texans at the end of the third quarter is a bad place to be if you're the Denver Broncos with Russell Wilson as your quarterback. Probably not what John Elway envisioned when you made that deal. Can we agree on that? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying. There's a reason why that offense was showered with booze yesterday, even though they won the damn game. But here's the deal. You got the ball, Carlin, on the 36-yard line. You take a delay of game penalty that pushes you back to the 41. It's a 59-yard field goal try if you wanted to do it. In Denver. In mile high, you elect to punt. This after you tried a 64-yard <laughs> field goal. In Seattle to give you a chance to tie that game. Now, I don't get it, Carlin. You try a 64-yard field goal, but you're not willing to try a 59-yard field goal at mile high? Uh, I don't know about that. Exactly. Yeah. Can we mention one other thing? Nathaniel too? can't hack it. He, he, might be, he might be out over his skis. Not might be. <laughs> Chris, take a look at the other first-year coaches and what's going on. Mike McDaniel, they're 2-0. I mean, they're they're just fine. Yeah, you've got other guys who are not having the problems that Nathaniel Hackett is having right now. Yeah, Matt Eberflus. Eh? All right, well, that wasn't good. But the point is, that's two weeks in a row. And I'll give you one other very alarming number for the Denver Broncos. What's that? Twenty-five. You know what twenty-five is? No. The amount of penalties they've had in the first two games. That is correct. I did see that note. Twenty-five penalties yesterday 13 for 100 yards that's a direct reflection of coaching the lack of discipline that your team shows it just looks disorganized when you watch them play carlin it really does chris i mean i i honestly see a scenario and i hate to say it after two games but when you look this overmatched 
I could see a one and done here for Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah. And I hate to say that. Again, two games. For Pete's sake, it's an eighth of the season. Not even. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not a good look. Carlin, you know what else is not a good look? Mm. Backing out of a bet that you make on social media when you put it down. Uh, I don't know about that. Yeah. Our friend Mina, who we were just telling you about, had said that if she got 5,000 retweets, that she would go through a table on Twitter when she was asked to do that. The, the NFL Live crew is up in Buffalo today. Well, Mina tweeted out uh, about 30 minutes ago, I just found out I'm not allowed, my B. Chris, listen, I know liability and lawyers get involved, but... That sounds a little sketchy. Yeah, I was about to say, I don't know about that. Maybe, maybe eh, you know, maybe she wasn't quite sure she would make it all the way through the table. So maybe that was a part of it. I maybe don't know. she didn't want to shatter her back. Uh, there's that, too. But, I mean, why put it out there if you're not going to do it? I don't know about that. Yeah. That's one of those you think about and you say, mm, probably not going to do that. So thank you for asking, though. Yeah, that was a, wait, I just tweeted what? Yeah. And what's happening? Yeah, exactly. And your old friend Gojo tweeted at her and said, oh, Mina, I'm so sorry. The second she tweeted it. Exactly, because this is going to happen. That's how Bill's Mafia gets down. Tailgates are epic, by the way. Yes. Epic tailgates. They absolutely are. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus. And here's the deal, my friends. We, in just moments, are going to get to an idea that really has been floated around New York for a long, long time, getting four teams to win on one day. What would it take? We'll tell you in just moments. And when will it stop? Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You miss Canty and Carlin. I can't actually believe this happened, but factually it did. You predicted it would happen, though. That all four teams would win? Is that what you predicted? Which one? Oh, the Earth. Oh, oh, I forgot about this one. Yeah, remix. My bad. Remix. Let's reset that. There we I go. I can't believe this happened, but I actually can believe it happened because I told you it would. Okay. Over the weekend, what story came out? That Urban Meyer and Nebraska had had some early discussions. Mm-hmm. Now, R. Pete Thamel says that there have been no uh, official discussions. But uh, I, while I fully believe that there have been no official discussions, I would not be shocked if there were back-channel discussions that were had. Now, Urban 
And everybody involved seems to say that he is going to focus on his broadcasting. But let's be fair. We're talking about right now versus the end of the year, which is a couple of months from now. Yeah, he's focusing on his broadcasting because the check that they're potentially offering up ain't big enough right now. That is a leverage move. Anybody that coaches, they'll tell you they would prefer to coach and scratch that competitive itch rather than being up in the booth. And I fully expect that that's going to be the case with Urban Meyer. Now, I didn't think that there would be a college football program that desperate this early on in the season, given the stink that's on Urban Meyer from what happened down in Jacksonville. But apparently there is, and it's called the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Yeah, and and, uh, frankly, I'm not surprised. Because, Chris, as much as I hate to say this, there are less morals involved with college programs than there are with NFL programs sometimes. And what? That, I'm saying that. It's true. Sometimes, absolutely. When we're talking about places in this country where college football reigns above all else, people do not care what their coach has done and let happen on his watch in the past, if he has won consistently, and all Urban Meyer does is win, so ultimately, and yes, all Nebraska does is get boat raced, and that's that what was has embarrassing. Happened. What happened against Oklahoma this weekend? And Chris, that is a program that, as we know, in the eighties, even in the early to mid nineties, late nineties, even, yeah, uh, they played for national championship. What maybe early two thousands? Yeah. Like, that's a program that expects to be back there, and they haven't had a sniff in a long time. Yeah, I mean, and that was when Scott Frost was the quarterback, the time that you're talking about. And so it's a very proud program, but they've fallen on hard times, and they're unfortunately in one of the most competitive conferences in all of college football, which is the Big Ten. And, oh, by the way, the Big Ten is only getting better by adding SC and UCLA. (laughs) So good luck with that. You better get a coach that can compete with recruiting. The Jets down by six. Flacco takes the shotgun snap and drops. Hooks up the seam. Fires. Caught. Touchdown. Garrett Wilson scores. The Jets are a point after away from taking the lead with 22 seconds to go. A miracle here in Cleveland. I can't believe it. How about that from Bob with shoes and what a call. That game was slightly more exciting than the game that he did on Saturday. Yeah, we had to bring that up. (laughs) On Saturday, poor Bob's calling UConn up at Michigan. That was a rough go. But yes, yes, he was paid back handsomely on Sunday with that win for the Jets on the road. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. It is the first time in 13 years, Mm. 13 years, that the Jets... The Giants, the Mets, and the Yankees all won on the same day. Mm. That is, well, it speaks to ineptitude in football mostly. But at least, at least New York got to enjoy that a little bit yesterday because their their sports uh, overall outlook lately has been rather bleak. Yeah, And that in particular for the Jets, I, I felt really good for them even though Let's call it what it was. Cleveland gave the game away, too. I mean, you talk about blown coverages. Corey Davis was open by 30 yards on the first touchdown to come mm-hmm. back. Uh, and, you know, just making the plays with Joe Flacco, I hey, well done. Yeah. At least, Chris, they are in a position now where they have enough good talent 
to go and win that game when the opportunity is handed to them. There have been plenty of times before where opportunities have been handed to them and they haven't been in that spot. I mean, I think of two years ago when, uh, you know, Henry Ruggs is streaking on the sideline uh, when they went to a full-out cover zero, full-on blitz with, uh, who was a defensive coordinator? Greg Williams. Greg Williams, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and they end up blowing a game that they never should have blown against the Raiders. Yeah. But, you know, this is this was a terrific comeback for the Jets. No, it was a great comeback for the Jets. And the thing that I loved about it the most, Carlin, you're talking about two young guys being a big part of that, right? Brees Hall had a pretty good day on the ground, being able to have seven touches for 50 yards. And then, of course, the guy that, that everybody was looking to, top 10 pick, Garrett Wilson, wide receiver, slow out the gates in week one, but he wasn't slow yesterday. 14 targets, 8 catches, 102 yards, and 2 touchdowns, including the game winner. That's what you want to see from a guy that's a top 10 pick. And so getting that return on investment is a good sign. Now, of course, it's Cleveland opening the door for him. The Jets got to fix some problems with their front seven because they allowed the Browns to rush for 184 yards. That ain't a good thing, Bob. But the other thing that I like is the resilience, a young team finding a way to win with 90 seconds left. That's a great sign. Yeah, it really is. And and look... As far as the Giants are concerned, that was a tremendous win as well over the Carolina Panthers. Who had the more important win to them yesterday? <sighs> important in the grand scheme of the season? I might say the Jets. I might say the Jets. I would say the Jets, too, because in looking at their schedule the next couple of weeks, I mean, you're talking about playing against the Cincinnati Bengals at home. And then you've got the Pittsburgh Steelers. And those games before yesterday didn't feel like they were winnable. But now, all of a sudden, if you're a Jets fan, you can dream a little bit. Right. I I will ask this question, though, or at least make this point. Because Sal Palantonio made it to me yesterday when we were talking during a break. The New York Giants tomorrow morning could be in first place all by themselves. That's amazing to consider. Even yeah. after two weeks, that's amazing to consider. Yeah, it is. And and I like the direction that the Giants are going in, but I don't know that I have lofty expectations for the Giants because even though you know they'll potentially be after tonight one of the six teams that have an undefeated record, I could still see a world where the New York Giants finish last in the NFC East. Now, mm-hmm. I love what they're doing on the defensive side of the ball. It's going to be a little bit harder now that you don't have Leonard Williams. It sounds like he's going to be week-to-week with that knee injury. You didn't have Oziz Ojolari. You didn't have Kayvon Thibodeau. So for a lot of the, the game yesterday, you're talking about Wink Martindale marching out six and seven defensive back packages. At some point, there's going to be somebody that forces you to stop the run with all them DBs on the field. I don't know that they're going to be up for the task. And then the other part is I still don't trust the quarterback, Carlin. We still have a Daniel Jones problem, even though there weren't any turnovers from Daniel Jones yesterday. You're talking about that offense getting two opportunities at point-blank range, the first two possessions. Couldn't have started any better. Kick off to the Carolina Panthers, fumble on the kickoff. You get the ball in plus territory. You only get three points. Another turnover early on in that game. You get the ball in plus territory, only three points. Your offense has got to cash in with touchdowns in those situations. And I think your quarterback is keeping you from being able to do that consistently. Yeah, he made a couple of plays here and there. But, Chris, his play before has set the bar so low to clear that some people will think it's better than it actually is. Yeah, the bootleg to close out the game, being able to scramble for yeah. the first down. Congratulations. That's, that that that's, was a great that was a great play in that moment to close out the yep. game. 
But Daniel Jones feels much more like a passenger than the reason why the Giants are winning games. He certainly wasn't the reason in week one. No. No, he was not the reason in week one. Now, speaking of the reason, the New Orleans Saints have a reason that they are where they are. They said what? What? I have to believe one and one is three. I I can't can't, uh, operate where one and one is two. They said what? Yeah, and this was Devin White yesterday from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after the game in reference to their old friend Jameis Winston. Hey, man, when Jameis left our team, everybody know what he did that last year. And we feel like we had a great defense then. And, you know, he threw 30 picks. You know, and we just knew he will give us the ball. We knew the running backs would, you know, cough it up. You know, and that's something we came in talking about. You know, we want 30 turnovers as a ball club ourselves. So this just was another game to go attack the ball. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I believe my friend Chris Canty often says this phrase, no lies told. No they say what? lies told. Yeah. Jameis is who we thought he was. And Dan Orlovsky made the point you agree with it 100% because you've seen it before. He looked like he just got a little bit bored. Yeah. And elaborate on that a little bit more because that is, when you really consider it, that's an astounding thought. Well, here's the thing, Carlin. <laughs> the, the defense for the Bucks, they're going to play top-down coverage. They're not going to let you push the ball down the field, right? That, mm-hmm. that was the thing. So Jameis is going to have to throw a lot of passes underneath coverage, and he's going to have to rely on guys getting yards after catch. And at some point, for a deep ball thrower, you want to take the top off of the defense. And you've got weapons to do it. you got Mikey Thomas. you got Chris Olave. you got Jarvis Landry. But if the coverage is dictating that you throw the ball underneath, you check it down, then that's what you have to do. And, yeah, you're in a stalemate with Tom Brady. It's a 3-3 game in the fourth quarter. You're going to have to play mistake-free football in order to give your team a chance to win. And Jameis went the opposite direction, trying to force something, trying to make something happen. That's not how you beat Tom Brady. That's not how you beat these Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And so I think it was a situation where Jameis played right into their hands. And unfortunately, you know, this is the Jameis Winston that you and I thought would show up without Sean Payton being on the sidelines and putting some guardrails in place. and Carlin weekdays on ESPN radio and on ESPN plus Robert half research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert half our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting technology, marketing, and creative legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.